So I'm willing to bet that you've had this happen, where you've seen a really cool lesson activity that you can't wait to teach your students and you can't wait to put into your lesson like right away tomorrow. And then you do the whole thing inside of your lesson and it didn't quite resonate with your students because you weren't quite sure when to break things down, when they needed a little bit more practice, and where sort of those natural stopping points were inside of your activities. So today on the Anacrusic Podcast, we are talking all about how to break down activities into lesson segments. I'm Ann Molesky. I'm a music teacher and curriculum designer, and you're listening to the Anacrusic Podcast. All right, so before we get started, I have some very exciting news as of today when you are listening to this. I have a brand new project with my great friend, Victoria Bowler, called Teaching Music Tomorrow. And it's a new podcast. It's a limited series as of right now, where we are talking about literally things that you can teach tomorrow or today or as soon as you're done listening to the podcast. There are three episodes live. The first one is all about what to do if you have an extra 10 minutes in your music class. The second one is all about quick ways to do embedded assessment in your music class. And the third way is getting, or the third episode rather, is getting started with creative movement. So those are all live and ready for you to listen to right now. So I'm going to link that new show inside of today's show notes so that you can hop over there and listen into what Victoria and I have to talk about. And our most recent episode, the thing about creative movement, is actually what started to give me the idea for today's podcast. Um, And not just that conversation, but consistently talking with um, my students in my methods course about how to break down activities into actual chunks that will go inside of your lesson. So what do I mean by that? Well, if we look at an entire lesson, odds are you are not doing the same song or the same activity throughout your entire lesson. Now, it may just be that you have chosen to have activity-based lessons where you do do that. You come into your classroom, you know you're going to do this song, you're going to start by learning the song and then add all of these rich ways of music making to it. So by the end of your class period or several class periods, you have lots and lots of rich musical experiences that your students have helped you co-create. And that is beautiful. But today's episode is for those of us who want a little bit of variety, lesson to lesson, and thinking about how to break down activities into those chunks, into those lesson segments that give students the opportunity to have a little bit of processing time in between our music classes. Another thing to mention is that even if we are kind of going at our lesson planning with a whole activity lesson approach, where we really want to immerse ourselves in this one musical experience for the day, it's still important to know where those natural stopping points are, because there's a good chance that we won't get through everything that we want to accomplish in just one lesson. If we're doing just one activity that's super duper expansive, odds are with this class or another class, we might not get to the same point as we have with other students or other their classes. And so for the sake of just knowing where those landmarks are, where those kind of grounding moments are throughout our lessons, it's important to think about how you want to break things down, what essential skills kids need to know and you can assess and take some observational data about before you move on to the next lesson segment. So today we're going to talk about one song, one singing game that you probably know and love. And we're going to talk about three different lesson segments. And this is something that I've stretched out a little bit more than simply teach the song by rote and then 
jump into the singing game. I've stretched it out a little bit more so that students really do have that time to think and simmer on each of the the skills necessary to play this kind of complex game. Um, Does it mean that we need to stretch things out this much? Absolutely not. But does it allow lots of wait time in case your kids need it and you don't want to spend an entire lesson on tidio? Absolutely. So today we are going to talk about Tidio. And if you are not familiar with this song, I have linked the notation um, in the Holy Names song collection inside of the show notes. However, I sing it differently. So I am going to sing my version for you. And it goes like this. Pass one window, tidy-o. Pass two windows, tidy-o. Pass three windows, tidy-o. Jingle at the window, tidy-o. Tidy-o, tidy-o. Jingle at the window, tidy-o. Tidy-o, tidy-o. Jingle at the window, tidy-o. Um, and my regular disclaimer that I am a trumpet player by trade. <laughs> Um, so that's the song Tidio. I sing it a little bit different. I know some folks sing the A section where, um, pass one window, Tidio, pass two windows, Tidio, pass three windows, Tidio, jingle at the window, Tidio. Yeah, I had to think for a minute, um, where it doesn't have the question and answer. Um, I like to sing it, pass one window, Tidio, pass two windows, Tidio. So we have that ray, pass three windows, Tidio, jingle at the window. Window tidy o full cadence tidy o tidy o jingle at the window tidy o there's our half cadence again tidy o tidy o jingle at the window tidy o so it's great for um not just ticka ticka or high do or pentatone it's also great for question and answer it's also great for like implied harmony so it's a great core song in your classroom just because it has lots of little nuggets that you can pull out um no matter which way which way you sing it. Let's go ahead and talk about the game. So the goal for these three lesson segments is to actually just sing the song and play the game. But the game is a little bit complicated um, because it's played in concentric circles switching partners pretty consistently, right? We're passing windows. So not only are we switching partners, but we're passing one partner to the to the right. And it's just, it's, it's a lot. Um, particularly if you're doing this in second or third grade, which is when it tends to fall inside of my curriculum, it's it's a very tricky thing for those students to have this, this self-space, shared space kind of thing happening um, without lots of practice with all of the movements in the first place. So the way that I've broken this down is into three different lesson segments. And the first day is all about singing the song and learning the motion simply in self-space. So what does that mean? This is predominantly a song that I would use with Tikka Tikka. So um, I would probably come at the song with a rhythmic transition. So say, for example, I am doing um, some some re- rhythm reading practice or some rhythm echo practice in my warm up. And maybe I just simply have students go ti 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 ta ta
Ticka ticka tee 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 ta. Jingle at the window, tiny o. Listen to my song and here I go. Pass one window, tiny o, and so on and so forth. Um, if you didn't want to use the TTs and the ticka tickas, um, because ticka ticka is a pre-literacy theme for you, and you're actually going to use tiny o for that literacy moment, which it's a great one because if you just use the A section, the only time jingle at the the ticka ticka happens is at the very end. So it's a really 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 great example of ticka ticka if you isolate it that way. Um, but anyway, so you could say jingle at the window, tiny o. Same thing, just on a neutral syllable. So I would sing this on for students, um, showing the steady beat. And in my classroom, they would know to go ahead and just keep a silent steady beat on their knees as they listen. And then I would have them listen again and ask before they listen, what word do you hear me singing over and over and over again? And of course, after listening, they would hear tidio. Um, and I would say, right, so now I want you to listen again. And every single time you hear me say tidio, I want you to raise your hand. So now they have something to listen for. And it happens a lot. So they're going to be really engaged as I sing this on again. Then the next time I'm going to say, I want you to pat clap and stretch. So pat on your knees, clap your hands together and stretch up or out as I say tidy-o. Okay. And then every single time, pass one window tidy-o, right out. Um, And so then they get that motion down. Then I want them to listen again, doing that same motion because some kids are going to need another opportunity to do that um, because maybe they're still not quite hearing those tidios or they just felt a little confused by the pat clap out. So I'm going to say, this time I want you to listen again, do those motions, and what are we doing at the window? And then seeing it, a student would hear jingle at the window. This is all just in the A section, by the way. Um, And then that time we would roll our hands to show jingle at the window tidy oh okay so then we would go ahead and sing i would go ahead and sing for them tell them if they feel comfortable to sing to go ahead and sing with me um because at that point they've heard the song they've heard the song listening for the word that happens over and over again they've heard the song raising their hand on the word tidy They've heard the song while they're pat clapping and putting their hands out on the on the word tidio. They are listening again to hear what we're doing at the window. And then they're showing the rolling motion when they hear jingle at the window. So that's six listens. And I'm willing to bet at this point, students are already starting to sing along. And I would have to do very, very little remediation in terms of them singing the, the song correctly. The only place that I can think of is actually where I mentioned the pass one window tidio or past two windows, whatever it is in the order um, at that point, Um, because sometimes they don't hear that unless we really kind of lean into it. So that might be a possible moment for remediation. And that's the end of the first day. So they know the song. They can do the pass one window, tidy-o, pat clap out, jingle at the window, tidy-o. And then we'd also do it on the B section. Tidy-o, tidy-o, jingle at the window, tidy-o, 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 jingle at the window, tidy-o. Tidy-o. The end of that first lesson segment. Very, very simple, um, obvious starting or stopping place, rather, um, where kids can know that song and all the motions in their own self-space. They haven't been asked to do anything else with another partner or in a shared space moving type of situation. So the second lesson segment, the next day that we come back to this, we would start by singing and doing the motions in that self-space that we had already done and remediate anything that maybe we forgot or just review it, sing it just a couple of times, and then find a partner. So we would find a partner to do the pat, clap, 
pat your partner's hands out and change it that way. Get lots of practice doing that and still just rolling their hands. And then you have a decision to make. So where I've seen this played, it's often where students hold hands and do the turn underneath each other's hands. So they have that forward facing side to side, back to back, side to side motion, which can kind of twist some arms and get a little hairy depending on what your classroom culture is like. So I've also seen it as a one arm swing or um, holding hands out and just like switching places like um, bow, wow, wow kind of style. Um, And then Also, you could just turn in place, right? So you can um, just do a little circle in your own self space without touching anybody. Um, So all of those things are are a possibility. So you just have to figure out what your jingle is and then just roll with that um, for whatever works for your class. And of course, that's a scaffold too for classroom management, depending on what your kids can handle and depending on what they can handle on any given day, right? Um, So we did the review and remediate as necessary. We find a partner to do just the clapping part, still doing our hand rolls. And then we change the rolling of the hands to whatever our movement is, right? So now they've had the chance to practice all of the movements, even the turning, with just one person in a shared space, but a limited shared space. So if they're ready, then still on that day two, we can open that up to switching partners in open space by adding an interlude. Because we can't really do the past one partner if we're in a scattered formation, right? Like where do we pass? Where do we go? What's going on? So we play the whole game all the way through the A and the B section. Jingle at the window, tiny-o. Then we add a little interlude like, find your partner, here we go. Everybody ready, tidy-o. Pass one window, tidy-o. And by the time you're singing again, they need to have found a different partner. Okay, so they get the opportunity to, to switch partners, to feel what that feels like, to do all of the different motions, but we haven't yet added the trickiest part yet, which is the concentric circles. So day one, we learn the song and the motions in a self-space situation. Day two, we reviewed the song and motions, but we added like the real interactive elements with the partner in shared space, but again, kind of a limited shared space where it wasn't Um, choreographed necessarily. And now we're going into the third day, the third lesson segment, where we're going to add those concentric circles. And if you felt a little bit of a buzz in your body when I said the words concentric circles, you are not alone because they are a tricky thing. They are a tricky thing with facings. They are a tricky thing with movements, people moving in the opposite direction, but they are also just so much fun. So just like we did on day two, reviewing the things from day one, on day three in lesson segment three, we're going to go ahead and review all of those motions, the song, the clapping, the turning, um, whatever your, your chosen jingle was. Um, doing it in a scattered formation in shared space, self-space kind of stuff with our interlude, find your partner, here we go, everybody ready, tidy-yo. Note that everybody ready, tidy-yo. It's ticka ticka tee 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 ta Yeah, there's that. So you want to hang on to that interlude because you might need it later. And I'll tell you what I mean in just a moment. So the first thing we do to play the concentric circle game is to place students in two groups. Um, You can do it one, two, one, two, or A, B, A, B, or peanut butter, jelly, peanut butter, jelly, eggs, bacon, eggs, like whatever you like to do is totally fine. Um, Just whatever you set up in your classroom, what might make the student smile is fine, just as long as we have two groups. Um, The fastest way I've found to get students into concentric circles is to say, okay, eggs, go and make a circle. 
hold hands, drop hands, turn around, bake it, and go find an egg. Um, and it doesn't matter if they find their friend um, because they switch partners so much in this song and game anyway um, that it really just doesn't matter. And quite honestly, that's not something that would bother me normally anyway, just because if that's where your students feel comfortable and they can handle it and they can follow directions, then it's totally fine by me. So anywho, so we're now in our concentric circles where you have partners facing one another. The first step is to have the outside circle be the only ones who move. And the way that we get them there is by having everybody raise their right hands. And once you make sure they all have their right hands up in the air, then you can say, point your right hand out to your side so that they know that's the direction they're going. Point that direction, turn your head that direction, that's where you're going. And then simply say, ready and pass. Ready and pass. And they won't be passing a student, they'll just be going to the next person across from them, right? Because not both circles are moving, but that's okay for right now. And just simply saying, pass and pass Pass one window tidy o. Pass two windows tidy o. Pass three windows tidy o. Jingle at the window tidy o. Right, and we learn that when we get to the third person, we don't pass anymore. We stay put on the jingle at the window. Right, so they can practice by waving, or you can go ahead and have them do that turn if you're comfortable with that. But we have to learn that we only pass three windows. That's super duper important. Okay. So once they've had the opportunity to do that, then we play the game, right? So we get the A section really, really good before we get into the B section. And then we go ahead and we we play with just the outer circle moving. Then we switch places. So the inner circle becomes the outer circle and they have a chance to do the exact same thing. So they can try it out what it feels like to just move on their own. Then when you have both circles moving, they'll notice that they're actually going to pass one person, right? So we're passing one window and going to the next. And that takes a little bit of thinking the first couple times. But if you break it down in this way, I think you'll see a lot of student success. So if we have both circles move at the same time, they're truly passing one window and they get to play. Now, this game definitely gets a little rowdy sometimes, right? They get super excited about it, super fun. There's a lot of clapping, there's a lot of turning, there's jingling. You have to decide when you wanna jingle and when you wanna just sing jingle. Um, All those things are important things for you to figure out for classroom management um, opportunities, if you will. Um, And another classroom management opportunity is if it starts to get a little crazy, you can always add that find your, or wave at your partner, here you go. You can change it that way. Or um, stop by your partner, here you go. Everybody ready, tidy, oh, right? Because if they need just sort of that reset, that's an opportunity to do that. And that's it. So after all three of those lesson segments, they've had lots of practice to do all of the things. And yes, this is a little bit more drawn out than teaching the song by rote, my turn, your turn, and then saying, go make a circle, go find a partner, and then doing all of these steps. But I found that when I break down specifically this activity this way, but other activities this way as well, students really do get it ultimately faster. And then I don't have to spend my entire music class teaching tidio and explaining why we're passing one window and, um, oh, but wait, we have to clap here and then jingle here because they've had all of those individual steps to get to where they need to be. So remember, the activity goal overall is to have the students singing the song and playing the game in concentric circles where they're switching partners. But we had different kind of benchmarks, if you will, um, for all three lesson segments, all three different days that we see our students. So the first day is all about just singing the song and doing the motions in self space, using that sequence of questioning and adding in motions, layering a little bit at a time. 
Day two was adding the songs and motions with a partner in a new way of doing shared space in a scattered formation with that transition that I shared. And then the third is getting into that concentric circle, which as you could probably tell, was like the least creative or music making part of the whole thing just because there's some logistics there. But again, I find that if you take the time to break things down in this way, you can review each segment when students come back so that it just feels natural and it just moves things along a little bit quicker. And and you do a lot less teacher talk and things just move really, really smoothly inside of your lessons. So again, what the the big take home here is thinking about a song, a game, an activity, um, an ORF arrangement, an instrument arrangement, a choral piece, whatever it might be. And where are the obvious chunks? Where are the obvious skills that your students need in order to be successful with the big end project? And a lot of that has to do with looking at a song and thinking, okay, this is what I want to have happen. And again, this isn't a stopping place for Tidio, right? There's 8 million different things you could do with instruments or um, creative movement, or you could change the game. You could have students create their own game. Like there's limitless possibilities for everything we do in our classroom. But the first big thing that I wanted to accomplish was, okay, I want my students to sing the song and play the game and do it effectively and have a lot of opportunities to kind of check their own learning throughout and know the song really, really well so that we can extract some musical things from it later on. So maybe all the steps aren't needed. Maybe they are. Again, you know your kids. If they have played 8 million concentric circle singing games, then they probably wouldn't need all of these. But as a first experience, I find it really, really meaningful to kind of over plan in the sense that you want to give as much practice, as many listenings, as many opportunities to do the thing in an accessible way as possible. So the next time you're looking at an activity that feels really overwhelming, but super cool that you want to give a shot with your students, um, think about how you can break it down. Like where is the easiest entry point? And then where's the next obvious step? And then where's the next obvious step until you get to that end in mind? I hope this was helpful. Let me know what you thought. Find me on Instagram, shoot me an email, and make sure that you head over and listen to What to Teach Tomorrow with myself and Victoria Bowler. See you guys next time.